When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 169B of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. We're up on YouTube now, and I can also be seen on Mondays and Thursdays on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Edmonton. Check it out. I'm on 630 Newfoundland time, uh, 3 o'clock Alberta time, and of course, I'll be in a podcast pat- package the very next day, wherever you get your podcasts. Without further ado, promised you a good guest this week, and a good guest I do have. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Andrew Shaw. Veteran. Thanks. Thanks, Terry. Winner, winner, good fella, charitable dude. How's summer been, my friend? Summer's been good. You know, weather's been hot. Uh, kids have... Uh, you know, drained me out day after day, but they're back in school now. So a little bit of freedom here the last few weeks of summer. Isn't it nice? Do you like September? I, I like it. I don't fantasize about it like I do summer, but it really is. The kids go back. There's something relaxing after a long summer. And, and September, the weather is still nice. Yeah, I, I, I always kind of dreaded summer during the season because you know, it's a stressful time of year with camp and everything. And you know, having to pack up and move your family. But now that I'm done playing, some, uh, September's are the best. You know, kids, like you said, kids are back in school. Uh, you still got nice weather, so you get a little bit of freedom and a, a little bit of fun uh, for yourself. My retirement came earlier than I wanted it to. I never really thought about it from that perspective. So, yeah, if you play a long time at demanding in the NHL for that long, and each year... September represents a bit of a battle. I mean, it, I, I remember it being, it, it was anxiety inducing. I always liked it, but I didn't really get to appreciate September for what it is. So right now, especially given your setup on the lake there, um, it must be quite different, almost opposite. 
Yeah, it, it is. It's this time of year, everything around the lake starts to you know, quiet down and kids are back in school and it's a little bit more peaceful. Uh, you know, back when I was playing, it wasn't peaceful. Like you said, it brought an anxiety and everything of camp starting and making sure you're in the best shape you can be. But now with the tired life, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice. And when the leaves start to change here, it just gets super beautiful and you know, there's a lot of cleanup around the lake, you know, taking the boats out and the dock out, but I can do that stuff when the kids are at school, so it's stress-free. The stages of life. You know, your uh, early life this time of year would be pretty demanding. Later in life, you're going to go, fuck, you know, I wish I was in my 30s again, you know? <laughs> yeah, and- yeah, I know. I, I do miss going to camp and seeing all the boys and, and getting ready for the season that way, but... You know, the physical and mental demand of it's uh, sometimes a lot. Well, we're not going to do anything too physically or mentally demanding today. What we're going to do is come up with, I came up with 20 questions. Of course, this isn't an original idea. I think it's in every second newspaper in North America and definitely at the end of Rolling Stone magazine and Vanity Fair, where I pulled some questions from. Anyway, I just figured why not? We've had you on once. And I like to have guests on for a second and third time because the first time... um. I know most of my guest stories. I hadn't met you, which is rare for a guest of mine. But, I mean, now we have, but but the first time I'd had you on. And, uh, I mean, other than online. But, uh, you know, usually we go through the person's career in chronological order. And I I knew most of that. So this is a little bit more mind-bending. We're just going to do some easy kind of layup questions that are opinion-based, but a little bit of fun. Are you ready for 20 questions? Andrew Shaw. Let's go, Terry. Okay, here we go. Number one, it's 30 years from now. So I guess we're at 2053. What's different about hockey? Name me a, a thing or two that's like noticeably different. Oh, it's got to be the physicality part of it. I think it's going to slowly wean its way out. And for me, it's sad to see because I, that's the part I loved about the game and that's where yeah. I had success. So I see it trending in that direction, I think. I see someone like you, and by extension, me, who's a very similar player. Um, I see there's still being a use. You because you could really get under people's skin. You could play a role, played real physical. You can play physical without fighting. But I think, yeah, the, the the level of hitting and the fighting will be way down, if not gone for good. And I I don't know by, but the open ice hits might be gone. Uh, it's sad to say, um, but I, I think yeah. it's trending that way. Even though I'm one of the guys that had to retire early due to concussions due to the physical part of hockey i just don't have any regrets about it and me too sad, sad to see that it's it's trending that way you know what i think might this ai is coming in and it's really uh, i don't know what that's going to do or, or the robotics like what i'm saying is that i as a as an athlete i don't know where like at some point a pitcher is going to be, say in baseball, is going to be able to replace, probably now, but where does the line end? Like replace his arm with something mechanical or digital that'll that'll help. You know what I mean? Like, totally. I, 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 you know, it's already kind of happening. You get your, you can get a heart transplant. You get a, I mean, as robotics and AI get more and more advanced, I don't know what it's going to be, but I see maybe things changing. Like maybe, maybe like steroids. Or, or, or some maybe maybe you can't use so much robotics. Uh, yeah, I think there's got to be a 
a limit of what you can do to your body robotically or yeah. te- technically, you know, I, I, you see all these pitchers getting uh, the surgery for their Tommy John. Sh- yeah, yeah. The Tommy John surgery. They're getting it when they're, you know, teenagers, young, young teenagers. And it seems to help them uh, later in the career. So who knows? Yes. Where life's exactly. So people are proactively now getting major surgery that humans normally wouldn't need. You're doing something because you're like a superhuman bionic pitcher and you get the, so at some point, you know what I mean? I think like, yeah. you know, are you going to be able to p- replace a tendon with something on who a like total, micro total nano recall, level? You know, they, they got phones in their hands, you know, who, who knows what's, uh, what'll yeah. be going on uh, in 30 years from now. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure what it'll be, but I think maybe there will be, there will start to be some rules against uh, robotics or AI. Okay. What's one place you want to see before you die? Hmm. Bora Bora, Thailand. I think those are two beautiful places that are really far. So I'm not a huge travel guy. So I, I never really looked at myself getting on a plane and, and being in, you know, in the air for 20 hours or whatever. But I, I, those are two places I, uh, I want to see. Maybe when the kids get older and I don't have to have someone watch them for me, that I, we, me and the wife can probably take off and see those places. Yeah, for that same reason, I'm intrigued. I want to see Australia, but I, it's just so far. It's like a full day of travel, so that would mean two full days. And then once you get there, you got to be bagged. So it's probably four, really. And But I just find it fascinating that their winter is our summer and everything's which, kind of opposite. Which, and we don't yeah, it kind of works perfect, though. If you want to go there, you go there in yeah. the winter and it's summer there, so it's kind of beautiful. It, it, it would be ideal. So the MLB and the NHL say you can only wear a number with two digits. Hence, Wayne Gretzky's retired number 99 is the highest that you could go. So I guess now it's 98. The MLB doesn't have such a rule. You Technically, you can wear three numbers if you want. Do you think we'll ever get there that someone in the MLB says, fuck this, and they wear like number 702? <laughs> uh, I think some... There's some meathead out there that's going to try and break that trend, right? And I don't know. I'd probably realize those, those meatheads lose a bet or something and I have to pick a number in the three digits. And kind of funny. Um, so when I was researching that, uh, there's a guy, Eddie Goodell, for the St. Louis Browns baseball, 1951. He was a, I guess you could say little person. I still don't know how to frame that because midget used to be the word, the medical word, and you can't say it. Dwarfism, I think, is a thing, but no one wants to use the word dwarf. Little person, I think, is the most offensive of all of it. But as I looked, I couldn't find any other word to describe it. So he was a little person. He was a short, he was three foot seven inches, and they put him up to bat and he walked, and he wore number one eighth. What? <laughs> That's in an MLB game. I can't believe this. Like I'm looking, uh, going, is this real? Like anyway, small strike zone, right? Yeah, yeah he did. He got to walk. He yeah. got, an got up there with the bases loaded. Uh, okay, you're making a package for the year 2123. Okay, what comedy from the recent past? Would you put in there that you still would make think would make people laugh? Like a hundred years ago was like Charlie Chaplin. If, if we watch like the talkies, like you know, I, I don't really necessarily find the same things funny that they did. It was a different culture. I find them like walk. I find the whole presentation of a, cha- a talkie funny, but yeah. or, or the silent movies turning into talkies. But 
A hundred years from now, do you think anything will still hold relevance? Will super bad still be funny or, you know, whatever? Yeah, I think some of those classic movies will be uh, still funny, you know, Step Brothers, all, all of them. But I, I liked, uh, growing up, I liked Chris Farley. I thought he was, you know, absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, so I, I would probably put some Chris, Chris Farley uh, clips in that. Tommy Boy? Tommy, Tommy Boy. Probably yeah. my favorite. But it was one of my favorite comedies anyway. It was my favorite Farley. Oh, he's... Uh, have you ever seen Almost Heroes? He yeah. goes on an expedition. Like, honestly, some of those movies growing up were my favorites. Uh, Beverly Hill Ninja, you know, what else? <laughs> oh, yeah, Beverly Hills Ninja. I forgot about that one. That's Even, like, B- one. Billy he's Madison, like- he's the bus driver. Just, like, <laughs> yeah. you know... No yelling on the bus. Well, what was great about him, I find him like Will Ferrell. Like even if, even if the movie doesn't get a great rating, I know that their scenes will be funny. I know it's solid. Like it, it the movie could suck, but I'll see it because I know that they're funny and they're going to bring Bill. Bill Murray's close to the same for me. Like there's not yeah. many scenes that I don't like. Uh, great uh, answer. Yeah, thank you. I I was always a big fan of Chris Farley, so. Me too. Uh, rest in peace. Your own? I, I want to know this. I didn't ask you much the first time. So I just got back from the World Ball Hockey Masters Championships, and I know that you played. Didn't you play on Team Junior Canada? Yeah, you, what was it, U17, U19. Really? So where, okay, so U17 and U19, where were the world championships each year? Um, U17 was in Czech. I don't know what city. It was in Czech somewhere. And then hmm, my brother was in Prague that year. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of real popular over there. I've been there a Austria, few times. Austria, Vienna was the, the next. I think U19, we went to Austria, which was beautiful too. That's really interesting. And uh, so did you I, – I suppose that you were playing U19, so you were already – you, you, yeah, you were already like thinking of pro hockey. Yeah, I was so the when I uh, it was every two years they had it. So I was always the yeah. younger guy. So I played up with when it was U seventeen, I was sixteen. When it was U nineteen, I was only eighteen. So I was always the younger guy, but it didn't stop me from leading the tournament in points or anything. But, oh, not a big deal though. No, I figured. Deal. Uh, I, I always I, I always won MVP, gold medal, all star team. I was always on the, the top of everything. So I was good. I was a really good ball hockey player. I bet. Well, you, you, the other thing about ball hockey, not to pump your tires too much, but there's a level of tenacity to it. People don't realize I'm like, it doesn't just transfer, and it's not always the – I mean, I assume most guys will be decent with their hockey IQ, right? That, yeah. That's pretty – but you got to run, and you got to be tenacious. Some yes, of the best players are so fucking tenacious, but you you got to create the space. Um, are you like – I found it great training. I had to keep it a bit of a secret. When I was playing back then, and because people thought the injury risk was too much, but I, I thought it was great. I'm like, I'm emulating the exact thing I can do, and I can't glide around. I mean, it was perfect training for me. You must have thought of it the same way. I did. I, you know, conditioning wise, it was amazing because you're always jogging. You know, like you said, there's no gliding around there. Um, and hand eye, hand eye was huge with me. The ball could, you know, bounce in the air, and you got to pick it out of the air with your stick. True. And me being a net front guy, I think that helped a lot with, uh, you know, hand eye, and also just like retrieving. Retrieving pucks or balls, you know, just getting on it, moving it. I just think it helped with my hockey IQ. Well said. But, so, but again, myself, when I 
I played a men's league here in Belleville. And then when I started playing in the NHL, I played two more summers of it for conditioning reasons. But, you know, then you get run into these assholes that want to prove themselves yeah. to an NHL player and I ended up getting in like two or three fights. And I mm-hmm. the same thing. I kept it quiet. And then I had to pull myself back and had to quit uh, my third year in the NHL. I didn't play the, the following summer. Just didn't want to break my hand over some 40 year old's head. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally I know more than you can imagine. Uh, Victor Wembanyama, seven foot four, first overall in the NA, in the NBA, the NHL. Although, imagine if we had a seven foot four guy in the NHL. Yeah. Um, so he's seven foot four. If you'll notice, at least I really notice around St. John's downtown, St. John's, a lot of the buildings are a hundred, two hundred years old. So. When you're walking up to one of the doors, it's like noticeably shorter. And I always yeah. find it fascinating. I'm like, you know, just in a hundred years of, I guess that's medicine and knowing more about science, I'm, I'm guessing, because I mean, human evolution happens over all this, you know, hundreds of thousands of, well, million, but hundreds of thousands of years. Humanity's been around. And in that little short time, we've gotten taller. More and more players, athletic dominant players like Wembenyana, are starting to surface in different sports. A lot of sports have had their tallest players. Zdeno Chara. I don't know if there's anything to that, but most of them have either just retired or are coming on the scene. These. So what I'm saying is that if he's seven foot four and the NBA net is ten feet, he can pretty much just put it in there, right? If he. So that's going to be a big part of it. Do you think that we're ever going to get to the point that the NBA has to raise their nets? <sighs> Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's easy to score, but it's also easy to defend too if you're that high. So if you're that tall, so I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it's a good it doesn't. Point. But because it, you're right, it's offensively easier to score. But being that size, defending that too, it's you got. That's when I think you getting the power and, and raw strength and having to fight through that. That's that's a great question that I honestly, or, or sorry, uh, answer. I, I didn't think about that. Of course, that means you just bat, you fight fire with fire. Oh yeah, okay. Well, that makes seven foot four defenders just as fucking important, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you you get a guy like you know Shaq's thickness. Imagine trying to battle against that fucking guy. No, I honestly yeah. can't. I think it's underrated. As as a hockey player, and I will always say, I think we have. If you take the length, the number of games versus physicality. We got a weapon. There's no out of bounds. I find it the most physical sport by a landslide. I'm even counting football. 17 games. I mean, imagine if you only had 17 games to play. Oh, fuck. What a laugh that would be. But, yeah, it would. I know. But I'm like, you know, there's a level of real, real next level physicality and mental toughness in hockey that I don't think is quite there in the other sports. But maybe I'm wrong. But basketball, definitely people underrate under that rim. There's huge people that are elbowing. There's no gear. Um, if you really want to be good and you want to get to that paint, man, it's not easy. No, but then you could just be Steph Curry and drain threes and be a stud that way, right? Just toss it in from anywhere. Just, yeah. just, just Half from anywhere. Court. Exactly. It, it's absolutely incredible. Um, okay, million bucks. Each of these questions, there's a million dollars. This is a three-parter. Million dollars on the table. If you're correct at the end of the season... You take a million dollars per question, tax-free, easy money. 140 points does McDavid get over or under? Um, staying healthy, over. Over. And by the way, you must have played against him a little bit. I did. I played against him. He came in in 2015, so I got about five years with him. 
So, like, are we talking? I mean, obviously, you're, I mean, I know he's fast, but was it jaw dropping? And I mean, you played with Patrick Kane. I mean, it's, so. I'd say it's jaw dropping. Just, uh, it's not even just his speed, you know, forwards and backwards. It's laterally. He, he can dodge checks. He can, while making plays, it's, it's a phenomenal thing. And he's not like a, like, he's in really good shape, but he's not like he's built like a brick shithouse. He's just lean, tall, lanky strong and he can move side to side and forward and backwards and um you know smooth yeah it is it's it's something to watch i mean and it, he's so like you just said he's so good it's like obvious but you you still can't do much about it like it's wild yeah um, take his speed away before he gets going i always like you know if you get in front of him early i think it's where teams uh you know have the good best, point that's uh, what vegas success. did yeah, That's what Vegas did. They took away all those lanes. Him and Dreisaitl threw them right off. Yeah. Um, Eric Carlson at 101 points. Do you think he gets over under 83? Oh. Better, better players, but 101's pretty rare. I'd say under 83. Yeah. I know he's playing with Crosby, Malkin, Latang, but he's sharing that that number one spot with Latang, and uh, well, before that, I guess. I could, they're, they're, they're going to be pushing to make playoffs, so he's got to play smarter defensively. When he was in San Jose, they weren't making playoffs. He was you know, a liability on the defensive end of the puck, but, I mean, you look at his plus-minus, you have 101 points and you're a minus 20. You're not playing good defense, you know. You got yeah. 101 points and you're still in the minus. Like, it means you're out there for you know, 200 points against. And when he was in San Jose, I remember if, if, like when there was another gun there, when Burns was there, he didn't rip it like that. I think he was just on a bad team playing so much. Yeah. Um, not to t- I'm not taking away from Eric Carl. I think he'll have a great year for yeah. defense and standards. But, yeah, I mean, 101. I, I just saw somebody write that 83 points they, they predicted him to get, and I said, even that seems a little high. That's um, hard to do. Yeah. Jack Campbell, do you think he starts 30 games in Edmonton? Yes. The Rolling Stones just released the first single off Hackney Diamonds. Angry came out yesterday. Catchy tune. Mick is a great-grandfather, almost a great-great-grandfather. He's 80 years old. Where do you see yourself at 80? Uh, right here at the lake. Not doing too <laughs> oh, much. Yeah? Watching my kids, you know, being a grandfather myself, probably. You know, uh, spoiling my grandkids just to piss off my own kids, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great vision. <laughs> I don't really, you know, I'm a pretty simple guy, Terry. I just like to have a good time, share some laughs. and Yeah, that means that so, you're it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't being sarcastic. I think that's awesome. And you, you're, what's great is that hockey gave you, I'm not going to say you're, dream spot i can't speak for you but where no, you are you're now, right it's my dream yeah. spot but i grew up right on this lake you know right next door in my parents cottage and i yeah. always said i'd love to to retire and have a place right here and i i do i was very fortunate that's uh just awesome i love hearing hockey success stories okay you're on top of the cn tower welcoming the cast of friends to toronto but you get bad news the elevator's broken. It's a one-way trip, and you got to throw one of them off the side of the CN Tower. Which Friends cast member do you throw off the side? Ross. <laughs> Me too. I'm not trying to be agreeable. <laughs> I just thought most of his humor was 
uh, immature and childish. Yeah, and nerdy. And nerdy. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, what was he? He was a scientist for what? Uh, rocks or what? What was he? I don't even yeah, know. I, was it a geologist or something like that? He might have been. I don't. I don't know. It was but just, I like Joey. Joey Triviani is my man. You know. I like Chandler. Chandler. Chandler's good too. Now I'll put. I think my favorite of all time, at least probably one of them, is Seinfeld. It's groundbreak. Seinfeld, Curb, and uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm and Arrested Development. But Friends would be, I do find it funny. It would be in the top 10, but I, if Chandler wasn't in it, it wouldn't be in the top 100. <clears throat> um, what about yourself needs improving? For myself, I could say, I mean, this doesn't mean like everything deep or personal. It can be anything. I, I, I can listen a little bit better on my podcast. I tend to cut people off. And eating... At night when I smoke weed or I have a gummy or something, I'm really susceptible to going to the fridge and whatever is there. So I just try to get some have healthy eh? foods around. Yeah, I, I would change those things about myself. Well, what about you? Oh, I honestly don't know right now. I, I eat well, I train, sleep well. Uh, I don't know, maybe give back to the community a little more. I think I should probably do a little bit more of that. I'm just waiting for my kids to get a little older so they're less busy, but... How old so, are your kids, by the way? Uh, five and three and a half. So, so is the five-year-old like starting? She, she's in senior kindergarten, and my son's in just daycare right now. But hey, that's a step, though. It three years ago, they're both home. I know. You know, which is nice, but it can be yeah, a lot. Um, yeah, it can be a lot. Uh, who does most? Given that you played for some real big-time teams, meaning not just in wins while you were there being Chicago. I mean, Stanley Cups are big, but, you know, they, the Habs have a huge tradition, for example. So what what does most of your family, who do they choose to cheer for? Um, my old man was a Bruins fan growing up. Mom kind of just did whatever dad was doing. But uh, they become huge Blackhawk fans over the year, obviously having the success I did there. But like I, I told this story too. I, I might even said it last time I was on here. My dad hated the Habs. You know, he's on, from Ontario, Boston fan. You know, uh, there's always been a rival between like Ontario and Quebec, you know, French yeah. versus English. So my dad hated Montreal and he told me, the moment I got traded and I called him and told him, he said, fucking kidding me? You get 31 <laughs> other teams in the NHL and you got to go to the one team I can't fucking stand? <laughs> so then how's that now uh you know what he liked it i said yeah i'm three hours from home molson family owns the team there'll be beer available for you he goes yeah i guess it won't be that too that bad eh <laughs> <laughs> i just wonder yeah because i think a bruins fan it would be easier to slide over into chicago fandom than it would be montreal fandom that's true. uh probably be a bitter pill to swallow uh, but, of course, for good circumstances. Uh, when I was in Montreal, I used to hit Da Vinci, Weinstein, and Gavino's. Uh, it was probably still my favorite meal. First time I had it was there, tortellini rosé, and I'd have a little bit of red wine with it. Not that I'm a connoisseur, but I, that's what I like to do. Where did you like to hang out in, Mon in Montreal? Uh, Medusa, a spot. is an Italian spot. Uh, the boys seemed to love it. We had a few um, team meals there, but also... Anywhere in Old Port was good, um, but yeah, I love Old J Port, man. Jatoba—it was a Japanese cuisine, sushi, steak. 
uh, I've become, I'm a foodie kind of guy, like, you know, going to places where it's tapas, small plates, share, try everything. And me too. Uh, Jatoba was a, a spot to me that, that stuck out. And every time I got the chance to take a teammate or a friend there, that was in town. I would go there. If you like that style of eating, do you, do you frequent Italy? Have you been there? Uh, me and the wife went to Italy in 2017 and it was, I'm not even like a huge tomato guy, but there I just could not stop eating the, the pastas, the veggies and, and yeah, everything man. was so fresh. It was just so good. You know, what's wild over there. I, I love it. It's well, I haven't been all over. I've been all over Europe. I haven't, I don't think I've been to other continents other than that, uh, but, but, you know, I've frequented a lot of places, I've traveled a lot, a lot of States, a lot of countries in Europe, um, everywhere in Canada. Uh, I found fascinating about Italy is that all that food, all that pasta, all that pizza, and there's not a lot of big fat people. There's people yeah. with a little bit of weight on, but not a whole lot of obesity. Did you notice that? Yet, yet they're, they love eating. I mean, they shut down the fucking cities in the middle of the day I to know. eat and have a siesta. And eating doesn't mean just eating. It means that's why I asked you when you said that because it's like eight courses every yeah. time. Man. Feasts, feasts on feasts. Um, I, I honestly, that's probably has to do with the the way they cook it, the way they prepare it. You know, in yeah. North Got America, it. a lot of it's you know, deep fried and, and cooked in vegetable oils and all that kind of toxic oils for you. So over there, it's olive oils, avocado oils, and fresh made pastas, real ingredients, real food. I think, yeah, I think that's why it's easier for the body to digest and they can turn it into energy. And I don't know. They, they prior prioritize life over work there. Uh, what talent would you most like to have that you don't have right now? It could be easy. Like for me, I don't know It'd be cool to juggle. You know, I, well, I, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to, You'd be, I like, be good at physics, but you know, <laughs> I can juggle, but, uh, I would probably oh, say like playing the guitar or, or an instrument. I think I was never, you know, my family never really got into in instruments at all, but I think the guitar, piano, something like that would be a, a cool uh, thing to be able to do. I honestly just dusted off mine today. I got given a electric guitar a few years ago for Christmas time. Yeah. For Christmas time for, for Christmas. And, uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't used it. So I brought it out today. I said, fuck it. Rather than go on PlayStation tonight and play Far Cry or or NHL 23, I'm bad for it. I go on PlayStation that night with my buddies, put the speakers on, and I'm talking to them for two and three hours. And it, sometimes it spills into like four in the morning. But I I really, if I, at least if I was playing the guitar for at least a fraction of that time, I'd know a few songs, you know? Yeah, well, they say so, what you practice something 100 hours, it's when you start to get good at it, so... Get a hundred hours in in this next. That's year. motivating. Yeah, it, That's it motivating because I the only reason I don't do it more is because I find it so hard. I've I picked up a guitar a few times and gone. Okay, this is going to take like years for me to be good. Uh, but yeah, that's hundred hours. I took, I took lessons when I was living in Chicago. My first stint there, and I had a a teacher come to the house, and I think I did like twelve sessions through the year, and I was like, fuck, I just don't have the these things don't work the way they should, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's a hard thing to, to learn. You know, it takes a lot of time to practice. I have a lot of respect for people that do. And sometimes kids in my class that could come in and play all these instruments. And like, 
you know, it'd be like time for band and they'd get up and I'm like, what a nerd. <laughs> Yet I'm like, fuck, looking back, I'm like, Jesus, man, Joey was in grade five playing six instruments. Wow, yeah. How the fuck did he do that? You know, like it fascinates me now years later. I can't um, even play the recorder, you know? <laughs> oh, I can't play shit. I, yeah, I mean, I'm fucking awful. I love listening. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. What's your greatest fear? And this doesn't have to do, not like a family death or something that's bad. Like, I mean, I don't like heights. What's, what's your fear? My, I got it. Man, we're uh, two peas in a pod here. I'm, I'm terrified of heights, too. It's horrible. And it sucks because my old man's a contractor. So, he, you know, framed houses a lot. And, you know, when I was like 10 years old, he started taking me to the job site. And I had to strip roofs of, you know, shingles and help him re-shingle or, or put trusses up and, being up there, holy fuck, my heart just always going. Torture. So it's torture. Yeah, uh, it, it, was, it was torture. He probably loved that it was torturing me too. But some of my favorite nicknames in sports, okay? Well, I don't know. Link Gates, the missing link, that that because he was a missing link type of a fellow. That was that's one. Stu the Grim Stu Grimson, the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper. Uh, yeah. The Boogie Man, Boogard. Um, they were all their sports, Ted Williams, Teddy Ball game. Uh, I'm not a huge LeBron James fan, but I like uh, whatever. I respect his greatness. Uh, King James, Sir Charles Barkley. What are do you have any favorite nickname in sports hockey? Oh, Tuna Thomas Tatar. I like to be called him Tuna. I thought it was Thomas Tatar Tuna. Okay, how the fuck have I not heard that one? Really, really? I haven't heard Tuna Tatar. No, it makes fucking total sense. That I think that's got to be up there. Oh, I'm adding that to my uh, mental Rolodex for sure. What impressed you the most about Sidney Crosby when you played? I mean, you must have played him a lot. Yeah, my best story playing know where to Sid begin. was tens and ten, dozens of times. Well, I never played much overtime hockey, the three on three. Uh, and one time, I got out and pit against him, Latang, and uh, Malcolm, and my stick, <laughs> my, oh! my stick Holy broke off the face. <laughs> <laughs> my stick broke in the uh on the face off in the d zone and i had to play i think it was like 90 seconds i was on the ice with no stick against those guys and i <laughs> i ended oh up God, getting it I, kicked, I, I kicked it out of our end and then just sprinted to the bench and i was like holy fuck don't put me out there again coach 
What an experience. There's playing three-on-three. We've all played three-on-three in ball hockey or ice hockey. Every practice in fucking junior, we used to play three-on-three. We're pulling the rung to start up to three-on-three. And I can't think of a situation of three players out there that would be better in that situation. And you have 20,000 eyes on you. I mean, I'm not laughing at your fucking skill. I'm laughing at the fact, wow, three-on-three with Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Uh, well, what impressed me the most about him is just his consistency and how well he can shield the puck. You know, it's one of those guys, it's hard to get it off him. He keeps yeah. it so in tight and he's so good with his hips and his legs that he's powerful. I think that's what in he, there. Yeah. He's good. That would be an experience. You know, if nothing else, even if you didn't have the cups or those stories, some, some of the, 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 what's the word there? the the viewpoints that you've had as a player like that's a wild one it's one thing to play against guys but three on three wow. against and you i mean you guys are a dynasty they're a dynasty uh and three of the best of their dynasty that's a wild story what do you value most in a friend um loyalty probably loyalty. i have to say loyalty yeah that's a big which one which i guess which is loyalty for me, it would be trustworthy, but I, I think they're almost the same. Yeah, I would say that. they're pretty similar. You know, some people you meet for like 10 minutes and you go, oh, man, we really hit it off. Some people, you know, you went to school with for years and you don't feel close. For me, that's that's the day. It's trust. I Sometimes yeah. I meet somebody and I know I could trust them right off the bat. And then you kind of know that you'll always be on a decent level. You know what I mean? Yep. <clears throat> Uh, it's not always easy to pick out. Sometimes it is, but loyalty, trustworthy. Yeah, sure enough, I'll take it. I'll take it. Mm, you're okay. You're at a guy's house, and he says, uh, "Decent guy. Just met him. Coworker. Wherever you're working in five years, I don't know. Your assistant coach, or you're running your dad's company, and some guy you go over there, and he's cool. He's a decent dude. And you say, "What's for supper?" And he says, um, "Oh, we're gonna have human, but don't worry." I didn't murder anybody. Wow. What, what literally, what do you do? Do you run out? Do you call the cops? Do you fucking tie them up? What do you do? Ah. I think I run out and, 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 and tell close and, and ask a friend what to do and maybe call the cops. That sounds odd, but if you're eating human, but you, you got to try it, right? I mean, where did the human come from is what I would like to know if you didn't murder the human. And that, because that's alarming, and you got to think, okay, if we're eating human, what are, is this guy's fridge full of fucking heads and, and body parts? Or so, do you, do you just call the cops immediately? Um, yeah, I, I think you got to call the cops in that situation. I, unless you know, he's got, unless he's got it on the smoker, you know, it's been on the smoker for twelve hours. I think you got to try it at that point. I woke, I woke up about four or five nights ago, in like one of those cold sweat dreams, and that was it. I was at a dude's house and he was a nice guy. It was like a double date sort of thing. And then him and his wife were in on this, that it was. Uh, so what kind of body parts were you guys eating? It was an arm. An arm? An arm, yeah, when he brought it out. See, like if yeah. it was liver, liver or something. Maybe. In the dream, I couldn't see the hand, right? They, they, they brought the dinner, like the, the, what do you call it? The top yeah, of the tray yeah. off. Yeah. And I could just see like this stump of the arm and then I realized and he had the fingers dressing it on the outside and then I realized <laughs> and he said don't worry in the dream um, I didn't murder anybody and then I woke up 
I decided to ask you that in front of tens of thousands of people. Did you, did you uh, have any edible edibles before uh, bed or what? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those nights I was playing Far Cry. I murdered about 17,000 people in, in, online before I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Could be the reason. Um, okay. Uh, do you think there'll start to be players who voluntarily wear a full cage in the NHL? Like just or or full visor, just you know what I I don't want I got I don't want to fuck up my teeth. I like to yeah. play with cage, and I'm I can see that. I like we go back to that hundred years from now. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I could probably see people volunteering. You know, they're they're too pretty. They don't want to scar their face or lose their teeth. You know, I I can see it happening. I can see it. I I think that the whole essentially these questions, a lot of them. I I just think that the the dynamic of a dressing room is changing. Um. You know, it is just, like when when I was my last few years that we go on the road. It was guys bringing their playstations and Xbox. I can't believe that. I, I would be ostracized. That would be it. I think it would be a fine. It was a oh. fine if I didn't go out and actually have one beer with the guys. Yeah, so it should you know be. I mean? At least yeah. go grab dinner with the guys. We used to have a good rule when we go to dinner. We would, uh, if you pulled your phone out at dinner, you paid for the bill. That is a fucking great rule. So that's it was great like, leadership right there. It was me. Kane, uh, Bolig, Bickle, Letty, saw it. it was like our rule. You know, we were going out to eat. We want to fucking talk to each other. We don't want to. God you know, damn it! I wish guys being on their phone. So we started that rule, and it was awesome. You got a couple free meals out of it. You know, I would honestly think that that's an indirect way that your team came together even more. There's there's ways to sew to get. You know, who am I to say? Winning is mostly on the ice, but little things like that. Don't take out your fucking phone and we're forced to be because so many people do. And even though they say, oh, I'm just going to text somebody back. Your mind is in two places at once here. The yeah. boys are here. This is our team. We got to win. Put your fucking phone away. I love it, Shazi. Well, it was <laughs> even too when we were on the, the plane, you know, like the plane had Wi-Fi. My wife didn't find out till like one of my last years that the planes had Wi-Fi. She's like, <laughs> you would just text me by and you'd be uh, on sorry. the flight for five hours and you had Wi-Fi like. Yeah, I was playing fucking cards, lady. I don't want to <laughs> be interrupted. I'm with it's my guy time. You know, that's the shit that I miss. I think the most, actually. Yeah, man. Uh, well said. Uh, okay, twenty questions are over after this one, and this is a pretty easy one. Are you? Um, do you plan on pursuing coaching? Uh, I know I've done some charity events with you. Are you going to? You know, you must have some plan for the. Not so immediate, but future. Like, and it might just be, you know, be coaching your kids. I'm not talking professional. I'm just curious. Are you looking at coaching? Or are you looking at uh, maybe getting into what your dad's doing? What, what's, uh, what's oh, well, construction costs are you know, all time high right now, so I'm kind of staying away from that. But I, this past year, have been training kids on and on the ice and in the gym, and I kind of like that. You know, you get the respect. There's some really good kids out there that want to, you know, pursue hockey as a career. So I do like doing that. But I guarantee you I will be coaching my kids because I don't trust any other one person out there to coach my kids. You know, I growing up, I had some, some good coaches, some horrible coaches. So I think I will definitely be coaching my kids in all sports. Interesting. And, 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 uh... and when they're older, you know, who knows? Like, yeah. Right now, I don't want to be away from home too much. You know, I like being able to help raise my kids. But, you know, years when they're older, teenagers moved out. I have a passion for hockey, and I think I have a pretty good mind for it. You know, I survived 10 years in the NHL with not 
a high level set of skills, just working and competing and knowing how to play the game of hockey. So I think I can, you know, put that onto my kids, other kids and help them out. Well, I think you're underestimating your own skill and you're being humble, but the, your kids would have genetically, uh, you know, the odds are the same opportunities you had. And if they got the same tenacity and everything, then uh, I think they're in for some sports success, put it that way. And success is in the eyes of the beholder. It's not always, when I say that to people, it might seem unrealistic. I'm saying my daughter plays soccer and it's already rewarding. She's a teammate. She learns how to treat people on and yep. off the, the, the field. And I, I just think that sports are rewarding anyway. If you're, There's moderate levels of success to even minor sports. But you well, know it teaches, yeah, it teaches a lot of things, commitment and work mm -hmm. ethic and sacrifice. You know, like imagine all the times we sacrificed growing up having to go to hockey tournaments or games while friends at school were getting together and hanging out. You know, we had to sacrifice for the better good of, you know, ourselves and, and developing in a sport. But I, yeah. I, I, could, I look at people who – their goal is to make the NHL and they don't make the NHL, but it's like, hey, you got four years of college. You got a degree because of hockey. You know, yeah. you've made friends. You've made memories all because of, you know, Seen sports. different and, places, traveled. Yeah, exactly. Different cultures. I, I think sports is huge for uh, development of, of kids. Shazi, it makes, it makes people good teammates, and in a word, it makes them loyal. A great teammate is uh, you can rely on for loyalty. Go back to that word, loyalty. There it is. Okay, buddy, do you have anything else to promote? I'm going to take off right now, go pick up my daughter, speaking of children, and take her to the soccer field and have some kicks. What about you? Um, I'm going to get a haircut with my son, and uh, yeah, low-key tonight, golf tomorrow. Thanks a lot for doing this. I'm sure we'll run into each other very soon. Happy hockey season. Have a great day, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks, Terry. Have a good one, buddy. Thanks, brother. Okay, folks. That was Andrew Shaw. I know that uh, the first time I had him on, got a lot of great feedback. I think what a lot of people... I think what they like about Shazi is his genuine... Like, he's really... A, he doesn't give two shits about much. And I like that. Uh, I identify with that. And B, meaning, I mean, he gives shits about other, but just about his own opinions. I think he's, you know, type of thing. This is what I think, and I don't care what you think. I shouldn't say he doesn't give shits. He does. Obviously, he cares about his career, his family, he's taken it all really seriously, and he's been very successful. Uh, he sits there, people don't speak to me from um, a nice spot on a lake in Ontario if they give absolutely no shits about anything, I guess. so. But you know what I'm saying. Um, the guy pulls no punches. He's very honest. Go back to that word, loyalty. Seems like he was a loyal teammate, and uh, you know I've only known him as a friend for maybe... Uh, we did that thing, you know, probably six months. We had a good time in Moncton three or four months ago at a fundraiser. Kept in touch, and uh, just we have a lot in common, but I don't mean the on-ice stuff. I looked up to him as a player, even though I'm a little bit older. There are parallels in our game, but, I mean, come on, the guy won a fucking, won uh, multiple Stanley Cups. And uh, 
I think he's being humble more than anything. I think he has way more skill than you'd think. Look at his numbers. Always had decent numbers wherever he played. Might have to work a little bit harder for them, being not the biggest guy and playing a big game. But um, I think that shows more skill. You know, to do it despite the fact that you're under the average size and to play such a big game means that you must be able to fill in the blanks with um, very, very high level of skill. It's just not on display like it is with a Kane or the aforementioned Connor McDavid. But uh, yeah, there you go, Andrew Shaw, and I'm excited now. I've started, guys, so it's the Jason Greger Show Mondays and Thursdays. Um, and I'll be doing it, like I said, 6.30 Newfoundland time, 6.30 p.m. till about 9 or 9.30 p.m. Uh, two and a half or three hours every Monday, every Thursday. We're going to try that out. I did my first one last night, and it was a little bit of fun. I got to interview Henry Burris, a CFL legend, um, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the CFL. And what I what I find fascinating about Henry Burris, not that you asked, uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't even know who I'm talking about, but check into it. He's The CFL is not for everybody, and I'm not. I certainly don't follow it like I should. I mean, I know Toronto's in first place this year. I know Henry fucking Burris is. Um, I know is that a work kid? Is it? He's down in uh, Jacksonville. Is it? He's got a tryout in the NFL. Last year, I mean, I know ten or twelve names in the league. That's really it. And I, it, it wasn't big here football. Um, so we don't really hear about the NFL. So in Newfoundland. I mean, I guess we should know a little bit more being Canadian about the CFL, but it's definitely more about the NFL. Like when I talk with my buddies about football, 90% of the time, it's an NFL conversation. Um, point being, I wasn't exactly the best person to be interviewing Henry Burris, but he's such a legend <laughs> and has so many unique perspectives that. It was uh, it was really entertaining, and I had a lot of fun with it. I'm going to enjoy this because I now I'm going to have to follow the CFL, right? So, I mean, I know about the Eskimos' huge losing streak and all that. I, I know the general stories, but I'm going to have to know about uh, start learning about specific positions and um, what to do because the rules are different as well. So, um, I've got nothing against it. It's just most people are into the NFL. And when I watch, you know, ESPN or even, even you know, Canadian sports shows, for the most part, they, they follow the NFL so much that it's just easy to, easier to gamble on it, to talk about it, to converse to, with other football fans, you know, um, just because it's more in the public zeitgeist. Is that how you would say that? Um, but Henry Burris, what I find unique... So he won a Grey Cup, that's a CFL championship, in 97, and then again in 2008, and then again in 2016. So we just had Shazi on. Let's think about the Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cups or, or Pittsburgh or even Edmonton. Or Most of these are like in a row. People in other sports that have, other than Tom Brady, that have um, multiple wins 
they're you and I mean that the the whole kit and caboodle, right? The the championship. I'm not talking like two rounds of the playoffs. Most people that have championships in the North American major sports, they come team sports, they come a lot of times they're packaged in and around. I mean, did the Blackhawks win two in a row? I think they did, and then they missed a year, and then they won. Or else they won, missed, won, missed, won. It, it, and Pittsburgh was the same. They might have won three in like five or six years. Uh, you know, I consider those kind of dynasties and salary cap eras, but whatever. Um, but what I'm saying is that it's rare for someone. Like Henry Burris won in 97. There would have been players on his team that were born in the 50s. And then he won again in 16, like just a few years ago. And there would have been players born in the 90s. Right? That's like a 40-year swing of teammates. And I never really, we couldn't talk a lot. Although I was surprised he knew what shores he was. He, he laughed at that when, when, when I asked my first question and acknowledged Shorzy, which was an absolute, yeah, surprise. But if I ever get to speak to him again, I'd, I'd like to go further into that. Because that must be wild. Right? Like your teammate and you won with people that were born in the 50s before the Beatles. And then again with people that were born like in the 90s. Like when I was drafted, it was 95. 16, there would have been 21-year-olds probably on that team. Close to. I just find it wild. So... You know, does he hang out with players? I, I guess, you know, when I came into the NHL, Andy Moog was on our team. <laughs> like, he's this Oilers legend from like 10 years previous at that point. I remember Andy's daughter was my age. I don't, I, I don't recall anything much about, I mean, he, he was nice. He would come in and like go about his work, but I wasn't like best buddies with him. I guess if we'd won a championship, it would be completely different. But I just found it wild. Like right now, what am I, 46? So he must be, you know, 68. I was 18, turning 19. And like I said, he was 40 or 41. He was at least 40 because everybody remember him commenting on it. Uh, yeah, so, you know, he's my dad's age almost. And then again... I just played, again, it's senior hockey, whatever, but I've been a teammate with people just last year that were 20 and 21. So like my range of teammates in different leagues and everything, of course, amateur sports is different, but you know, there's similarities. Like my, my teammates have been, are, are like my dad's age right down to like 20, which is wild, but they're just teammates different leagues spread apart. Can you imagine like being in the same league and winning, in this case, the Grey Cup, three separate times with the same kind of age group? Like, you know, I can't imagine partying with Andy Moog like I party with, I don't know, Kyle McGraw from, from St. John's or or whoever. I, I It just blows my mind. That's what I love about, one of the things I love about sports is that, Winning brings people together. Like even if you don't want to be brought together, uh, I, I I don't know. And in everyday world, I probably wouldn't be hanging around with Andy Moog much. But you know, you win a championship. Like Shazi could tell you, right? He first his first cup. I mean, he'd just come in. 
He's in his early 20s. Right? It's one thing to be Patrick Kane and those fellas, but I mean, I don't know. There was older guys who would have been in the league then. You know? I'm actually curious. I'm actually curious. Oh, okay. Yarmir Jagger was in the league. So I suppose he was like me, I guess 45, 46. Shazi's like 21 at the time. Yeah, it's wild. Time doesn't belong slipping away. Like Bruce Springsteen in Glory Days. What does he say? Uh, when time slips away, leaves you with nothing, mister, but boring stories of Glory Days. Because it does, man. It just flies by. I remember being... I don't know, man, in junior hockey and just thinking that I thought the four years of junior hockey went by slow. And then I'm like, oh, they drafted me. Like, I won't even be considered for the NHL for like a couple of years. Seemed like an eternity, right? And then looking at players like Todd Gillingham, Greg Smith, rest in peace, both of them. I just brought them up because they're friends that passed away recently that were a lot older. They were probably 30. You know, I'm coming into the American Hockey League. I'm 20. Fresh-faced boys are 30, 31, 32 years old. Uh, Sandman's one of my buddies there. Same sort of thing. Oh, he's probably six or seven years older. But it just seemed like so long. It just, you know, like in 100 years, I'll be 28. It just seemed. Uh, you know, now as I sit here, I, I, I don't feel as old now as I thought 30 was when I was 20. I thought 30 was so grizzled. Not that I'm not grizzled now, but you just look at things. I almost didn't have respect for people that were older. I don't mean 30. I mean like 60 or 70. You know, I mean, I did, but I I, I didn't. I, I, yeah. There are parts of me that just seemed like they were Rumpelstiltskin, like have nothing in common with me whatsoever. You know, I might play cards or something with my grandfather. He might tell me cool stories about the war and, well, depending on your perspective. But, yeah, I I guess the point is, as I get older, I'm fascinated by time and how I used to look at it as a separator, but now I think it brings us up together more. Like, when I'm with my younger teammates, even here at the Worlds we just got back from, the ball hockey. I don't look at age like a gap now, like a separator. I look at it like I can kind of pass some knowledge on. I, I don't look at it like a mentor, but, you know, I don't know if if someone now is listening to, I don't know, uh, Fifi Dobson or fucking Taylor Swift Kendrick Lamar, whoever you are, like whoever's, you know, if I play Men at Work or fucking Chilliwack or The Who or something, you know, there's a chance they probably don't know. I don't, I don't feel like an old fogey passing along this knowledge. I feel like, you know, well, here's a tune. Here's I can't explain one of the earlier Who hits. Let's talk about it, you know, and then I look at it as a bit of glue. So age gaps are an opportunity to like fill in the blanks. I did not look at it like that when I was younger. Anyway, just an observation, long way to go about it. That, that sorry. <clears throat> Thanks for tuning in. Tales with TR. Moving on to episode 170 next week, A and B. 
And uh, got some real cool guests coming up. I'm glad we could get Andrew on. I love picking his brain off camera. So uh, I figured why not bring him back. And uh, it's always, for me, it's more fun having a guest on for the second and third time. Because I feel the first time I got to go through their story, their, like the narrative of their life, kind of in chronological order. That's, I mean, I do that for you guys. I usually know the guests, especially after I do a bit of research, but most of them I've come across or they're my friends. So it's almost like a formality. Like I'm asking questions that I already know the answer to. Um, but for, uh, for each episode like I had today, I think it lends itself to uh, more open-ended answers and a little bit uh have a little bit more fun with it anyway i've spoken enough guys i gotta get out now and uh, i got a lot to do i got to uh it's a nice day so i think i'm gonna take off the top of the jeep who knows how long that can keep happening it is september so to pick up my daughter i'm gonna take her for a ride we're gonna take the top off the jeep get a maybe a sub and on the way home, get an ice cream. We're going to head to Cape Spear, Signal Hill. If you've been in and around St. John's, you know where I'm talking about. We're just going to go for a nice drive. Maybe hit a lake and jump in on the way home. And uh, tonight, Penny Lane and I are debuting. We're going to watch Little Miss Sunshine. That's a Speaking of comedies, I really enjoyed that comedy. When It's from about 15 years ago. Greg Kinnear, uh, Alan Arkin's in there. Uh, Abigail Breslin, I think. She was like 10 years old, I believe. It's got a great cast. It's funny. And I think she's old enough now. A little bit of adult humor to it, but uh, nothing too bad. I think now she'll uh, she'll be able to understand it. And I try to pick at least a movie a week. Uh, we watch, for those that uh, are curious, we watch Seinfeld almost every night. Uh, if nothing else, we'll watch a Seinfeld and maybe a Saturday Night Live skit that's on YouTube. And uh, once or twice a week, we'll toss on a movie. So her soccer, she's in a break now. And you know, normally she has soccer tonight, and she doesn't. So we're going to watch Little Miss Sunshine. I highly recommend it. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm looking forward to it, but I remember I loved it. And I believe it was a, a rare comedy that was up for the Oscar movie of the year. So check it out. And uh, if you're downtown St. John's, why don't you check out, speaking of checking things out, check out Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Rob Roy, Confusion, the Martini Bar, the Bull and Barrel, and of course, Green Sleeves Pub, where uh, I will be tomorrow night. Uh, I know I got some friends coming to town. If you're listening to this and you're one of them, um, that's where I'll be. I'll be at Greensleeves. I'll be watching Dave White play live. And uh, earlier, I might get a bite to eat. I might do that at Merchant Tavern or at Blue on Water. Of course, if I'm over on Elizabeth Avenue, I'm going to go to Wedgwood Cafe. Peter Wedgwood, Wedgwood Cafe. Check it out. If you want to change your life, strength and balance for the body, for the mind, go to Rope Walk Lane and see Ryan Power immediately. He'll help you out. Rope Walk Lane, power conditioning, strength and balance for the body and mind. Pitbull pain relief. The pain sticks that just don't quit. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com. See what all the fuss is about. True hockey, take what's yours. And folks, of course, 
tomorrow I will be. Actually, I said I'd be good downtown tomorrow. I forgot the first part of it. Speaking of Mr. Lube with two locations here in St. John's on Torbay Road and Kenmount Road, their fearless leader, warrior owner, Chris Sparks, fellow Masters World Champion. Last week, we took it all home, as I'm sure I've spoke about 5,000 times to this point. Well, Chris Sparks of Mr. Lube was on that squad. Thank you, Sparky, for changing my flight on the way home. I tell you that. I had a flight at 8 in the morning, and Sparky changed it. And uh, I appreciate it. Sparky's stag is tomorrow. He and his beautiful soon-to-be bride, Megan, will be tying the knot in a couple weeks. And they're real good friends of mine. So congrats, guys. I'll see you tomorrow, Sparky. And for everybody else, I'll see you guys in just a few days with more Tales with TR. Thanks for tuning in. I'll catch you on The Rebound.